All right, we're recording. Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Unlimited Text. Yep. Where we bring our group chats to real life conversations. I'm one of you, aka Tommy ain't got no job, aka we got Emmys, aka we got Grammys, aka we find out in three weeks about them six nominations, dog. Producers produce. Yeah, I see you working though, boy. You got you a job now. Hey man, it's like three shows going on right now, man. It's it's crazy out in these streets. Yeah, I ain't yeah. seen no credits though. I you know it's been a yeah, while. Yeah, well, you know, check them out. Yeah, we'll come coming soon. Coming soon. All right, this is your other host. Um, this guy, you know, remember me? Uh, yeah, smug dude. I'm just gonna let y'all know he's he's waving to the camera, and we're not recording video, so that's pretty good. Yeah, smug dude. Uh, <laughs> love at first smug. And the storyteller. All right. So uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And I'm saying that to people who are listening, and they like, I'm already listening. What I need to know that for? Tell your friends. Tell your friends that's where they can find us. Or they can also hit us up on Instagram at Unlimited Text Pod. Instant Twitter, you said, right? Yeah, that's Instagram and Twitter. We ain't we ain't on Facebook. That's for old people. Oh, okay. Gosh, man, you every week. <laughs> Even though I did post like two things on Facebook this week about something we gonna couple things we gonna talk about later. But you yeah. you are the Facebook dude. Nah, I don't really be on that joint like that, man. And so we got a different question this week from somebody different. What's our what's our person's name? The other person that always uh. Oh man, don't give me the line. Oh. I gotta give a shout out this week. Uh, who is your crew? What well, shout out this week? Uh, who are shout, you? Shout out to my man Singh. He came through with some uh, some new equipment that's going to upgrade the uh, podcast once I figure out how to uh, use it Uh-oh. properly. So yeah, Singh, we gonna, we we, we going to do it big, man. Uh-oh. Shout out to you this week. Appreciate that look. Nice, nice, Singh. You, so you, right. you is it like a surprise? Is that, I should make that to a young like a young? We got new equipment. Yeah, yeah, I just got, I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. See, see, see where it can be useful in the podcast, on my, the pod. Yeah. So my, once, once I figure it out, I, I bring you in on it. I bring you in on it. I really appreciate that. Like I said, hey yeah. man, I'm you know the other guy. Yeah, yeah, here. yeah, yeah. All right, what's up? So yeah, so the question of the week was not really a question. It was something that somebody posted. Uh, his name is BMG Rubber Band Grant. How do you posted, know it's a he? Again, I don't know. So first BMG, of all, you started with, band, with old, then you said he. BMG, Rubber Band, Grant, they or them or him or her or he or she. My man. Posted. What's the brokest thing you've ever done? He posted they rented a That's why I thought I was a guy. Okay. Posted they rented a car, the exact model as their car. And swapped out all four tires. So basically, he got a new set of tires for seventy five dollars instead of the quote he got for the, for new tires. So say that again, like you were a little choppy when you read the first part. Okay, so he said he rented a car, the exact same model as his car, and swapped out all four tires. So <laughs> a whole new set of tires for the seventy five dollars he paid to rent the car 
instead of like the $800 he had been quoted <laughs> for a whole new set of tires. I'm going to let you hey, go I, with this one. I plead the fifth. I ain't even answering this. That's pretty innovative, though. Yeah. That I, well, nev- tell you. I never thought about that. Like when I read nah, this, was, I was like, wow. I mean, that's broke, but that's that's innovative broke. I say probably the, the brokest thing was when I was in college. We used to all, the only place to go get an ATM was a 7-Eleven, which was like right across the street from the dorm. But the only problem was, is that John would always take that tooth out of your account. So one time, I think I probably had about $13 in my account. So I couldn't go to 7-Eleven and get the 20 out. So there was there was one ATM that was about probably about a mile and a half from the dorm that would give you five dollars and give you five dollar increments. So yeah, I walked about three miles at in the morning to take out ten dollars just so I could come back and get some food. Yeah. That was pretty broke. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I only had thirteen dollars in and I had to walk three miles so I could take $10 out of my account. Um, Good for y'all. I, don't, I ain't even getting it. Nope. I'm done. <laughs> we can move on oh, to the so my, young if you my, want. My, my bad. You, 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 uh, you, uh, smug dude Trump. You are, you are never broke. Nah, that's cool. Nah, no. Smug, smug dude Trump. For, cool. for the record, people. Um, mm-mm. No, nope. mug dude Trump just born, born born with a silver spoon in his mouth, never silver broke. Right, that's good spoon. to know. Are you kidding me? I'm the same dude that told y'all we heated the house with the uh, cooking <laughs> stove a couple weeks ago, man. Uh, and I got a silver spoon. We only know if that's true now. Oh, you man think that's a Wellington man Park? A, man ain't got a broke story now. Now, now I got to do some research. See if you telling the truth. Exactly. That's why I'm not gonna tell you my broke story. Mm-mm. Mm, nah, mm-mm. I ain't doing Carl- that. Got a podcast with Carlton Banks now. Didn't even know it. Man. Hey, you Damn. can call me what you want, but I'm not getting involved <laughs> with, with this particular one. Like, for real, like, I don't even know why he told you he rented a car and stole the tires, basically. <laughs> um, well, he, it's, 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 it's his Twitter handle, so he don't know. He don't, he don't know. It's real. It's, I'm sure it was a while ago, yeah, too. But that, I, uh-uh. Nope. We good. That joke pretty innovative, though. Well, I guess. A young. young. He, he, he gets the A Young, but uh, <laughs> um, so so the A Young today is uh, no disrespect to this other podcast, but uh, <laughs> I don't know the name of it. But someone happened to text me a logo of another podcast, and it looks similar to the Unlimited Text podcast. A Young. They are they are they are here swagger jacking logos already. I mean, kind of the A Young to me is like, are we, you know, getting popular now? Like, like what is it? Like, oh, you know, that, that's what I'm, I'm saying, into. Like, I don't really want to be popular. I just want to influence people, right? So, what's going on? Like, people I, like, listen, man, that 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 logo a little too similar. The only real difference is the colors, uh, but everything else that y'all look like could be stolen yeah it's got uh yeah yeah and yeah. the uh the mic the, that's really the only difference the mic and the colors and they brighten it up yeah. a little teeny bit right so but the mic and the box is the exact same as our logo basically so so this other podcast we we are flattered like we really are and we really yeah. appreciate uh you all doing that but you know just if you're it. listening we just want you to know that we recognize and we see it and yeah, uh, we take it as a compliment. We we're just so happy that you didn't do the exact same thing. Now, uh, now I gotta listen to the pod. Make sure they just not 
they not doing the exact same conversation we doing. Yeah. They, I, they, I got look, I jump come out Thursday. This this jump might come out Friday after they listen to yeah. our pod. I am one of your hosts. Yeah. Tommy ain't got no job. AKA, AKA, AKA. <laughs> Hey, if they say AKA we got Emmys now, I'm fighting them. Oh no! What if they say producers produce now? <laughs> now, yeah, I'm definitely investigating. I'm I'm doing a full investigation on this Joe DeRod. Yeah. So so no hate, no. That's uh, you know, what did they right, say? That's exactly. like a uh, fi- uh, form of flattery. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. So thanks a lot. So y'all get the A Young tonight. Yeah, yeah. A Young. <laughs> It's your thing. We still on that Rona. Well, I don't know. I mean, if I talk about that, other podcasts might be talking about it too. So I, I, <laughs> I, I'm scared to talk about it, man. And they, if y'all listening, yeah, we we talk about the Rona in this this segment every week. I was gonna so say, listen, yeah, I was gonna say the exact same thing. So we, great minds think alike. So yeah, our yeah. format is yeah. we 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 open up right. Talk about the Rona. We talk about the Rona. Then the next one, unfortunately, somebody usually dies or gets shot or something right. like some right. kind of social issue that happens, right? Yeah. And then the last one is like usually about like what, like sports and like entertainment. Yeah. I mean, right? just 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 hit us up and I can just email y'all the outline. I mean, just let's cut out the middleman. <laughs> like y'all ain't gotta y'all ain't, that way y'all ain't even have to listen to the pod. Y'all can just I can just send y'all the outline so y'all can actually release y'all pod. To- release hours there no you but know, it's, i'm it's, just looking out for y'all it's okay man you remember i sent you that book before it was called the go-giver right right yeah. and, and you know you you have to give uh basically more, more basically you you need to give with no expectations so we can't be mad at them folks for you know wanting to to to, to be similar to us at least that's right. what we think that's our perception maybe they might well, have had their podcast out before us and they think we took their 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 logo yeah, now nah, we we got forty thousand listeners, so you know, uh, see how many listeners they got. But yeah, back to that. Rona, what's, yeah, man, what's so. new in Rona Land? Because uh, I I only heard one thing this week, and I let you get to the deaths and all that kind of thing. But supposedly there's gonna be that vaccination come October. Yeah, that's what they saying. Get prepared for it. All right, yeah. all right. So what Good what kind what kind of stats do we have, sir? All right, so we had a hundred thousand dead still. Averaging about a thousand people dying a day in the country, and then tonight, man, the Rock, Dwayne Rock Johnson announced that his whole family caught that COVID nineteen. Wow! But uh, he says they 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 threw it. Even his young daughters had him and his wife. He said the daughters didn't really have any symptoms, but he said he said you know I've been through a lot in my life. But he was like, yo, that Rona was. Whew. He said it was a monster. Yeah, the so people, the people I know, like you know, you and I know some mutual folks, and they're right. like five x the flu, ten x the flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the rock, if the rock was fighting it, boy, you know that joint was a monster, man. But um, also, you know, there was that big uh, biker rally a couple of weeks ago in South Dakota. Everybody was saying, like, why are these people going to this bike rally? So they finally just had the first official person passed away of COVID-19 from that, that they've traced to that uh, biker rally in South Dakota. Uh, just goes back to what you say all the time about making choices, man. It's just like, what's the point? Like you had to go to a rally this year. Like you couldn't, 
wait till next year to go to the biker rally? Like it just you you just like yo, I'm a I'm I'm better than the Rona. So I'm just yeah, the Rona ain't gonna get me. Hey man, people people living, man, I just don't understand how they living. Playing roulette, man. Like it's uh it's it's about the numbers right now and the probability and the stats, I suppose. Some people don't believe in it. Like I <laughs> remember I hit you today and told you I went to uh the 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 great state of southeast <laughs> south 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 southeast south um in dc today um i say state i, I everybody at my our 40,000 listeners i know that dc has taxation with no representation and it's not a state i i got that i get that but um i went there today and i i don't, you know i don't go out too much so i haven't seen a lot of things and i was expecting to see mask and Dog, I didn't see not, not a mask in sight. And the ones that I saw were covering the chins. So I thought the Rona came out of your mouth and your nose or whatever, right? I didn't realize right. that your chin could emit like these droplets that they're talking about trying <laughs> trying to uh, to prevent from uh, being spread. And so, you know, like I said, we in, in no social distance, like people standing at the bus stop like normal, like on top of each other, just talking or whatever. Outside, I was I, I, I drove by a little carryout, you know, uh, maybe 20 percent of the people, at least outside the carryout, had a uh, mask on, mm-hmm. passing a cigarette around, things of that nature. Right. And so, you know, as we know, like like, uh, you know, black and brown people are the ones that are really getting hit hard with the coronavirus, you know, getting right. sick and dying and such. And then, so I just man, I, I, I just wonder why. We're not taking it that seriously. Like, is it about education? Is it about just like not believing in it? Is it about just being stubborn? Uh, I, you know what? I think it's ex- what I is. Think it's ex- it? I think it's exhaustion, man. I mean, I just think I think people just you know somebody was asking me why we talk about the Rona every week, uh, and it wasn't the podcast is stealing our stuff, but somebody else asked me, um, and I said to me you can't really talk about anything that's going on in America right now without talking about the Rona. Like every time I go outside, everybody's got a mask on. Right. So to be talking about the country without talking about the Rona disregards the impact that it's having on our lives. You know, like I just, so yeah, but I think most people, I mean, I think the one thing we've learned is that in a way, man, people are very selfish and it's, um, I just think people are exhausted. I mean, I think people are tired of being in the house. People are tired of wearing masks. And I just think people are over it. And, you know, we've proven that we can't make the sacrifices needed to do what's right. Right. And that's kind of a scary thought. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, uh, mm, I, I, you you hit it on the head. You hit the nail on the head, like in regards to uh, making a sacrifice. Because at this point, that's all it really is. It's about just protecting each other and saving people's lives because it's massive. Like we talk about it for two reasons. That's what brought us together on the podcast. Right. Right. Because if things wouldn't have slowed down for both of us where we had to really be in the house all the time. Right. True. Uh, we we needed something to do yeah. Um, to get started. And it was something that we were talking about all the time because it was like more or less like a young, like how long is this thing going to last? Right. You know, like. And then while things are slow right now, you know, hey, let's just talk. Let's start a podcast. Let's just talk right. about it. 
And then it started, you know, one thing uh, led to the other. And then secondly, the reason we talk about it all the time is it's massive, man. It is huge. Like, people's lives have been affected beyond belief, man. Like, like nothing that's ever happened, at least in our generation, that I've ever seen, and, and I think in, in the history of the world, right? Right. Uh, yeah, nothing. I mean, probably, probably since, what, the, the 1918 pandemic. Right. Right, right. And so, uh, like, you know, for instance, in our state, uh, in the state of Maryland, <laughs> we can go to movie theaters now. Yeah, y'all, y'all wild. Y'all yeah. go to concerts? concerts. Yo, what the hell? Concerts. And th- then then they called out, like, the governor called out our county, like, Prince George's. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, they don't know what they're doing. They're not up on it and blah, blah, blah. And they, y'all schools they, are still closed, yeah, right? Like oh, they, yeah, like, they... In person, mm-hmm. in person, like they need to get with it, um, and and so, yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I, I'm wondering what they're gonna do with movie theaters and concerts. Yeah, I, yeah, I see yeah. y'all next next year. Yeah, I know. Uh, one of my brother in laws, he went to the movies last week, but they they basically because the tickets were so cheap, they, they bought the whole theater out for like a hundred dollars, and it was just like ten of them went, like just ten what? people they knew. Because the, I don't That's know if idea. it was everywhere, but the seats were like fifteen cents a seat. 15 so you basically, cents? yeah, because they try and get people to come back in the theaters and buy popcorn and stuff. Oh, so they I see. basically, so they basically bought the whole theater for like a hundred dollars, and they just just all had they just spread out and just did that. So I, I was thinking about doing that because that actually is kind of how fire. Yeah, I was, I was, look, I was thinking customer appreciation. Everybody yeah. get a COVID test, and then yeah, we'll do yeah. a customer appreciation thing. Like, and even if you go with people, you know, you go with your friends. Your you friend, just, yeah. that at the theater that big, ain't nobody. You ain't even got sitting in nobody. You know, everybody get their own role. Yeah, you be like, you other. get this role, I'll right. take this one. Yeah, you, you yeah. Ain't got, we ain't got to talk or nothing. But yeah, I think um, yeah that when I saw that thing, the state of Maryland's opening back up and. I was like, man, hey, uh, I am not going to no damn movie theater or no concert with a whole bunch of people. Oh yeah, lost their damn mind. Oh yeah, and then what? Uh, what else we got? The remote work, right? Yeah, so they just talking about how uh, you know we've all been working from home. They talking about how remote work is killing the hit, hidden trillion dollar office economy. Businesses like dry cleaners, copier companies, food carts gyms and offices for example pinterest shout out to the building bully pinterest is paying 89.5 million dollar penalty to cancel a lease on a basically 500,000 square foot office building in san fran citing permanent shift to remote work dog they paying 90 million to not go to the office yeah yeah that is uh (laughs) That's crazy. I was trying to do some like like some averaging in my head to figure out right. like how that would affect their bottom line in the future. Right. You know what I'm saying? They probably get like 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 a lot of investment money um you know by, behind the scenes uh uh from from uh what do you call that, man? Jeez. Not angel investors, but anyway, I'll think of it in a second. Uh right. But uh, huh? Yeah, venture well, capitalists. Yeah, venture yeah. capitalists. Thank you. And 89 million dollars that's like just to light a match to it yeah like how long is it gonna take them to make that back i guess i mean i guess they just did the math on this is it's cheaper to, to not get that office space and have everybody work from home yeah so they're gonna write it off like, too but like i said you talk about i i hadn't even thought about that thing about like dry cleaners and 
you know, you know how many businesses, like how many restaurants and stuff that are downtown that basically only make money during the day. Yeah. Like those kind of restaurants and the food carts and the people that have the cart downtown or the, the you know, the, the hot dog stand downtown, like those places. I mean, I, I think it, it's one of those, like I said, the hidden, the hidden economy and dry cleaners and things like that, man. Like, I, I just don't know. It, it's not it's not just they're having to survive this going on six months. It's that these things may never come back. Never and I always back. find, I mean, one of the things that always frustrates me is I see people a lot of times say, man, you just got to adapt and change. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but, you know, if, if you've been doing, if you've had a dry cleaning business for the last 30 years and that's what you do, like, that's what you know how to do. That's what invested in like it's hard to tell hard to a 60 year old dude who's been running and dry, dry cleaning business for 30 years like yo do something else yeah like it's just it's just like i said i think a lot of times people just assume that that's easy but if you've put that kind of investment in that time and that career it's very hard to just say pivot right and what is the pivot if you had a dry cleaning business for 30 years like right. what, what is that that's all you know. What is that? Like you 60, 60 years old. Like what's, what's the pivot? What do you, you gonna go back to school and learn something else? Right. Like it's just a, it's a lot of people, a lot of businesses, man. I just, you know, they've already had to survive. And what they like you're saying with this example, Pinterest, like Pinterest is probably going to be the first of many of those kind of companies that are just saying, you know what? I'll take the L on the building. We not coming back to the office ever. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in a similar situation with mine. Uh, thank God, man, I didn't uh, jump out there and get this huge office space when I started the business. Right. So we we were, you know, we've been nimble. We started in the WeWork. Right. Like, well, I, I, maybe I shouldn't have shouted their name out. Um, we started off in a shared office space. Um, the other podcast, so if y'all, y'all want to try to get some advertising from uh, from them, call <laughs> uh, it them, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, So we started in that situation. We ended up getting a private office and things like that. But it was um it was a lot less um expensive than it would have been if we would have gone and built out this whole situation like in regards uh to an office space, right. spend the money and everything to get up and going. And so uh I'm gra- I'm grateful for that all the time. But uh like subleasing is starting to be huge right now too as well. Like so you got some people that, you know, aren't in a situation where they have a a a hundred million dollar lease, eighty nine point five million like Pinterest. Right. And and maybe their office space is ten thousand dollars a month or whatever it is, and for them it's probably better or potentially better to sublease it for like five seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe fifty cents on a dollar to at least get some money back, as right. opposed to spitting out that that ten thousand dollars or whatever that number might be. And so subleasing is on the rise too as well. Um, even people in apartments. Um, I was reading about the in Maryland in College Park, Maryland. Um, you know, they were getting ready to start protesting uh, the the UMD students um, over their lease agreements during the pandemic. Okay. They, you know, they can't live there. Right. And they signed these leases and the landlords, <laughs> they still want their money. <laughs> run, me my, run me my check. <laughs> yeah, they, they still want their check. So it's, uh, yeah, this is definitely a, a really difficult time. And um, I, I, I'm going to let this one go, but I don't want to harp on the dry cleaners. I really feel bad for them. Because right. I haven't gotten any dry cleaning in six months now. Right. Over six months. I wear a t-shirt every saying. day. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I 
I go, I see my dry cleaner because they're next to the Seven Eleven that I go to. And I, every time I walk by that junk, they come out, they be waving at me. I'm like, yeah, I ain't got I'm nothing like, for you. Right? I ain't got nothing for you. I mean, I don't go that often anyway, but the, 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 the dude that runs it, I don't know why he seemed like he seemed like he's fond of me. He always, like, Hey buddy. But I'd be, I'd be like, no, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't got nothing for you, man. Man, I've worn a pair of jeans one time yeah. since March. Uh, I've had shorts and a t-shirt or like, you know, if I'm on camera, right. like for a zoom or something like that, I, I might put like zoom. a, uh, a golf shirt on like a, a button up or something like that. Right. But, um, that, you know, obviously from the waist down, I got, I got some, some gym uh, shorts uh, or something like that. on. my boy is a teacher. He says business up top party down below. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Take it rough. Whoa. Every day has been the same old thing on my block. Hey, uh, so the podcast, if y'all are listening and y'all trying to copy our music and stuff as well, uh, usually we play Biggie there, but we trying to switch it up on y'all to see how much y'all exactly are copying us this week. So that's why we threw, threw a little, threw a little, threw a little hand in the game see see if y'all copying us like line for line on y'all podcast <laughs> you saw me hesitate when i looked at that joint. <laughs> yeah. i was like uh, oh well, hey we, i got it i got you back man we, i got you back we, we going with it though we going with it yeah so this week man last week kind of a tough week uh lost a couple people last week first person we're going to talk about is uh chad with bozeman uh, better known as uh, Black Panther, but uh, Chad, man, Chad played a uh, played a lot of played a lot of our heroes. Oh yeah, uh, James Brown, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall. Uh, it's funny because uh, Chad Chad was actually at at Howard at the same time. A couple of my friends were at Howard, and uh, once he became, they were in the same uh, freshman dorm, and once he became uh, Black Panther. It was kind of a running joke in our group chats that I would always text them. Damn, I hung out with the wrong people at Howard. I could have <laughs> hung out with the Black Panther, but I'm with you, Bamas. So yeah, we always had always had a little thing, you know, because the Chad, you know, the Howard connection. Because I'm from DC, so I'm I'm an honorary Howard alum grad, all of that stuff. You but know? that's what y'all do, man. Y'all alienate people, man, too. So like he y'all didn't think he was cool or whatever it might have been back then. Man, so I, you didn't show I, that man I, I no love. Listen, I could lie and well and say, yeah, man, we used to hang out with Chad, but I, I don't remember that dude, man. I mean, I, I was at that dorm a lot, but, you know, I'm sure I probably ran into him, bumped into him, but nah, I, would, I, I, I ain't going to take, I ain't taking no credit for, for knowing him. Oh, because I was they, I was about to say, I thought you was going to get to Wellington Park because, you nah. know, you hung out with Kamala, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, me, me, me and the Black Panther, we was hanging out back in the day, you know. All right. But yeah, but nah, Chad, it was... Uh, Sad to see, man. I mean, the man had uh, cancer and had it for four years. Yeah. And uh, still, man, he did all. I mean, he did Black Panther. I mean, you, you look at the physical work that he did doing Black Panther to uh, be struggling with uh, cancer is pretty amazing. And one of the things that I was really, uh, I'm not I'm not one of those comic book dudes. I don't 
I don't I didn't go see none of those. I mean, I think I saw some of those early movies in the Marvel. Uh, but I'm I'm not one of the dudes that was ever pressed to see it. But man, Black Panther was coming out. Oh yeah. I was pressed. And we went to a we went to an early screening of it. Uh, you know, like like probably like about 10 days before it actually came out. And again, like I said, I'm I'm not into those movies generally, but I was once they started talking about Black Panther and I saw everybody who was involved in it, uh, I was ready to go see it. And I think the, the most important thing I, from, that I took from it is there's a lot of people who are saying representation of him being a superhero doesn't matter. And I always say representation doesn't matter to people who've always had representation. Right. And the fact that there was a, a black superhero um, and not played or some of them other funny, funny superheroes back in the day. There was like a real live superhero and what he represented and what Wakanda represented and, and all of that. I mean, that, that movie is he a very important shucking movie. and jiving. Right, right. And I, I read something where he was saying, you know, because I was actually laughing when I first saw it with his uh, accent because I thought that Joe was kind of bad. But he was saying that the reason he that was because what it represented was that Wakanda was a country that had never been colonized. So if he would have been in the speaking, you know, like the King's English without an accent, he felt like that would have been misrepresented what Wakanda was actually stood for. Right. So he, he, he spent a lot of time. That's the thing you're reading about him. You know, acting, acting people say is easy or whatever. I mean, you know, but he, clearly was dedicated and everybody said that he clearly even i was reading something jackie robinson's daughter was talking about how much time he spent around the family i mean it's he invested in the art and again you can see from his dedication of fighting cancer for four years and still still putting in the work to make the to leave us with this great art right right and and so for him like he took on every single character like you said that he played so if i saw him out I would like literally, if I didn't know who Jackie Robinson was, I'd be like, yo, that's Jackie Robinson. <laughs> or you remember I text you, I was like, yo, Black Panther died? Like, yeah, I didn't yeah. even say like Chadwick Boseman. I was just yeah, like, yeah. Black Panther died. Like, you know, so he took on exactly what that role was. And you, 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 it didn't even look like at all that he was acting. Right. It was like a real life story. And like, I felt like I was a part of the story and everything that he did. And so, like, Jackie Robinson was one of my favorites, too, as well. Um, right. Like, like you know, I talked about this um, on, a, on a podcast before, like someone that I would want to meet. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he did a really good job with that. And Wakanda, like, that 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 thing was, it was dope, man. Right. The, the, the one thing that I liked about it, too, as well, is I really liked the end where, where um, remember when he went back to Oakland? Went back to Oakland, yeah. And... And how he handled the little boys that were out there. Mm-hmm. Right. That was really cool. Like, I could see that. Like, I felt like that was a real life situation that really happened. Like, I mean, obviously no spaceship or anything like that. Right. That we know of is going to land and, and do something like that. But if it seems so real, like I, I could picture myself as being a little boy and see this dude out there. And he Black Panther wasn't even tripping. Right. Like, it was just like, okay, cool. I'm here. Like, you know this could be you guys like this. We're going to put this here for y'all to take care of you. And I think that was, I wonder if he put that in there because that's what he believed in. 
Right. Like, it didn't seem like that that really fit the story. It seemed like someone added that in because it was personal to them. Like, it really meant something to them. Yeah, well, I think, you know, Ryan Coogler is from Oakland, too. Okay. Uh, so I think, you know, probably part of that was him being from Oakland. Obviously, it was a little, a little nod to the Black Panthers who, you know, were from Oakland. Right. So I think all of that was a little play. But, I mean, I think, obviously, the message of the – of the story was we have to go back and we have to help out, which I think is a key, key message, whether, you know, whether you're black Panther or whether you, you, or whether you me or you, whether somebody else is like, yo, we got it. We all got to, we all got to play a part in improving this. Right. Right. So I got a question, mm-hmm. man. How did he go four years? Right. Four years. Right. Mm-hmm. From stage four to five cancer. Cause that is, it's, tough i have a very good friend that passed away last year right and i witnessed what he went through and how difficult Mm -hmm. it was he was strong at it but he wasn't moving around like chadwick roseman and people knew that he had cancer right so like how can a person like that right of his stature um and that not leak yeah well i mean as the stories are coming out nobody knew like Ryan you Coogler, mean? the director. I'm just saying, Ryan. You yeah, he said Ryan he didn't Coogler, know. He said he didn't yeah, know. Yeah. He's writing Black Panther 2. And he said he didn't know. The guy who runs Marvel said he found out the same night that everybody else found out. So he literally, I mean, he just got married this year. I mean, I, you know, obviously we don't know how close he would be to the director. We don't know how close he would be to the head of Marvel. But it literally seemed like no one knew. Uh, and then I saw a uh, brother in law he said, shared a quote earlier that he basically, until about a week ago, didn't think he was, didn't think he was going to die. So he was kind of proceeding as if he was going to be okay. And he was going to be able to put the weight back on and be ready for Black Panther too. So maybe part of him not telling everybody was that he, and I don't want to say he was denying it, but he thought he was going to get through it maybe. I, I don't know. Cause I mean, I know, I mean, it's kind of a, a tough question and you know, it just made me think cause a uh, cousin of mine passed away last year of cancer and you know, it was tough when she told, I think for me, I, I was able to go see her, you know, right. one last time. And, you know, so, I mean, I understand like, you don't want the, you don't want the pity. You don't want the sympathy. But I think in a way it's, again, and based on this this article that my brother-in-law sent, he didn't think he was going to die. So maybe that's how that's how he proceeded. I mean, I know when my cousin found out, I mean, she basically called and said, you know, I got three months to live. So, you know, I immediately got on the plane as soon as possible to go see her. But it's just, it's just tough because if he really didn't think he was going to – but it, I don't know. It's just tough – It'd be tough to know that somebody who you were really close to that you didn't know, especially the way our lives are. You know, you lose track of people. You don't right. talk to people. And you, and then it's like that guilt and that sympathy, that guilt of maybe, you know, he had texted me last week and you or he had called me last week and said, hey, we should get up. And, you know, like, ah, it's COVID time. I don't, you know, I'm cool. And it's like, I don't even think about, I don't even want to think about, I mean, obviously he's passed away. So that's the worst possible. But I just feel like, if, I, if that, that was my boy and he passed away and like the last couple of months, we just kind of been missing each other. Like I'd be, 
messed up off of that too yeah yeah trust me uh yes and just imagine how hurt he might have felt too remember when they were trolling him right yeah because you know we will joan on people man and really oh yeah yeah you know what i'm saying but like that i i couldn't uh, yeah like because celebrities you know supposedly are able to have really thick skin right and people insulate them from uh the twitters and stuff like that and, and and they they from what I understand, try not to be too personal with the comments and stuff. Right. But to read that and know that you're going through it and it's like, like, man, it's not my fault that I'm, I right. got cancer. I'm not on drugs and I'm not, you know, right. doing what they're saying that I'm doing. And you're, you're, you know, he's really, he's dying. And yeah, was, just imagine how hurtful that would be. It was somebody who posted like, you know, they found like their Twitter, but he, they were like making fun of him. And then, like when he passed away, it was like R.I.P. Chad. It was like, come on, man, y'all, y'all, y'all got to stop doing that kind of stuff. No man. remorse. Just, yeah, it's it's crazy. I go on record yeah. saying I don't do that. Like I, I, I might ask, like, man, like right. I, I wonder, like, because the first thing you honestly think when somebody starts to lose a lot of weight like that mm-hmm. is, are they sick? You know, one of our boys did that, right? But he was just getting physically fit. Right, so I point right. blank ask him like, "Yo, like, are you okay, man? Like, is right. everything all right?" But he was getting physically fit, but I didn't like, you know, joke on him and 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 or anything like that. I was just really concerned for his well being, right. and so like to to be dying, you know, well, he, if he didn't think he was dying, but to know that you're sick and this is the reason right. why, like, you can't help it, like that 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 has to be a bad feeling, and and I also feel bad for the people who were were giving them a hard time and, and joking on them and stuff like that yeah. because they can't take that back. Yeah. When I saw it, I thought he was just, I mean, honestly, my first thought was he was just doing something for a role, for a role. you know, cause you'll, you'll see like 50 cent got some pictures and some other people have, you know, lost 50 pounds or put on 50 pounds for a role. So that, that was kind of my first thought, but yeah, man, I mean, he's going, he's going to be missed, man. I mean, I know it's kind of funny. One of the jokes that, that we always had just talking about like, damn, I hope, mean, Hope I famous enough for Chad to play me in a movie because Chad played every every black legend basically. So that was always a joke we had, man. But uh, we definitely gonna miss him, man. And uh, yeah, that Black Panther, man. I hope they figure out how to how to show him respect. And I, you know, I, I hope they figure out to keep Black Panther alive because yes. I think what it represents is uh is important. He was on like a Will Smith like level where it was like that's Will Smith. Like that's right. Chad. It wasn't like it was a black actor, right? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like he yeah, was, yeah. he was like that man. Like he, he was, you know, he was. They didn't put no, no, no title on him, so to speak. Like Black Panther was a real movie that touched everybody. It wasn't just for one genre, well, not genre, but one demographic, I should say. Right. Yeah. yeah. So after we, after we lost Chad, man, then we also lost uh, Big John Thompson on oh, Monday, man. Yeah. That one. Oof. Damn, crazy. boy, that's tough. It's a, yeah, it's I mean, been a lot. Anybody, head coach Georgetown University, anybody that know growing up, man, like Georgetown and the Washington football team, man, like you couldn't tell me nothing in the 80s and the 90s. We was winning national championships. We was winning Super Bowls. Uh, me and my boy uh, Nick always joke, man. It's like, damn, we were spoiled growing up like that, man. And what Big John represented, I mean – when I was, I don't know, we were 
9, 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, we played Metropolitan Police Boys and Girls Club and we would play our games on Saturday morning. And then Big John made a point to get a Boys and Girls Club tickets. So we got to go to the Cap Center pretty much every Saturday during our basketball season and uh, watch Georgetown games. Uh, I mean, I know I don't, that wasn't the first time I've been to the Capitol Center, but that was definitely some of the first times that I got to experience that. And that, like I said, it was it was a point that he made in the city that all the boys and girls, I, I don't know if it was all of them. I know I was, a couple of them, we would always see them out there, get us tickets to go to those games, man. So he he just, he stood up for a lot, man. He, he represented a lot in terms of being a, a he was the first black head coach to win a national championship. Right. You know, so he just, he meant a lot to the city. We were actually joking. We'd probably do this another time, but he's talking about, he'd be on the Mount Rushmore, Washington, DC. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But like, I guess low key, the Kenner league, right. him pulling that off. Like it's, it should be something like, you know, that people should know about number one. And then number two, that's going to be a huge part of his legacy. Do you know how many kids that he helped stay out of trouble in the summer, given opportunity to be exposed to, you know, basketball, you, you know, and, and specifically for, you know, for black black players. Right. To be able to play on the campus at Georgetown University. So if you don't know about it, the Kenner League was a league. Um, he started that, right? Was it? I think so, yeah. All right. So <clears throat> at uh, McDonough Gym. And uh, and and in Washington D.C. on the campus of Georgetown University, uh, every summer there's a pro am, and it's when you know professionals and uh, amateur athletes, college athletes, they uh, play in a, uh, in a in a league. It's generally like an eight week league. You play regular season games, you do a playoff, and then you have a championship. Now during those summers, the who's who of basketball will play in those games. Right. And it would be, you know, largely a, really, I would say, a reason for the Georgetown athletes to stay at, you know, and train during the summer. But then, you know, you have athletes that are coming from their schools and they're coming home to the city. Right. And so you don't want them to get in trouble. You want them to still train and to still play basketball. So they would go to Georgetown University and they play in this league. And so you would have players that are playing against each other through the season that are playing and mixed in with other teams and other players that they might either be peers with or just playing against as well as pros coming in, you know, cause they might come to DC for a weekend to visit a friend or just to come and, you know, get some bump to play in this, this league. And they're right. all playing together. So like, you know, Dikembe, Zoe, uh, AI, right. uh, Victor Oladipo, you know, all those people, like, you know, I mean, I could, the, the list goes on the who's who, Kurt Smith, right. all them players, you know, the DC <laughs> legends and everything. Like, I mean, there's some real basketball, some real hoopers, right? Yeah. Not, not Kurt Smith. And yeah. Then, I mean, you think about the one thing that I always think about is not just the lives on the basketball court, but I know he had that famous thing where he had that deflated basketball in his office where he was always teaching his players that yep. eventually basketball ain't going to take you nowhere. Stop bouncing. Yeah, so you got to figure out what's next in life. I mean, I know during the heyday, it was a 97% graduation rate. And for people that don't know, I mean, growing up in D.C., a couple things that I thought. I thought how it was, I mean, I thought Georgetown was, was a black HBCU. college. <laughs> yeah, and I thought Georgetown was the pro team, our pro basketball you team. The, you thought they were, they were the, the, the Wizards? 
the real about, wizards. About, probably about twenty five years old before I realized that wasn't our protein. Yeah, the Hoyas, they 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 used to sell out the caps to them, man. Yeah, man, Hoya Parano. It, it's funny, like looking back, you see even like how how far that spread, what that represented. You see some of those uh, some of those boys in the hood and colors, and they was rocking Georgetown, and then nobody. What that Georgetown represented, they it represented John Thompson. John it Thompson, the school. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, he was a uh, man. So I'm gonna say this, and then I I let this one go. But my son was was broken up, man. I had to console yeah. the dude, man, because um I just so happened to be able to be a part of that league in the summers, mm-hmm. and then my son would come with us to the games since he was like five years old, six uh six seven summers. Uh, and it was funny because John Thompson took a liking to him. So every time right. you walk in the gym, Big John, he's sat, sitting up on the bleachers behind the benches and the refs and everything, and he just leaned back, and he's got generally a crowd around him, and they're talking or whatever. And when you walk in, you pretty much, it's a weird feeling, and it's kind of surreal because you walk by, and you reach your hand out, and you shake his hand because right. that's John Thompson. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, thank you. Like, we appreciate it. Without you, we wouldn't be right here right now, right? right. And then my son would always walk by. He's like, don't you walk by me, boy, and not give, not give me a handshake. <laughs> so my son is, you know, kind of shy or whatever. Right. And he'd go over and give him a handshake. And he'd be like, man, look, I'm counting on my water today. So he would take him a cup of water, right, before every single game that we played. Okay. He, would, he would pour a glass of water and walk it over to John Thompson and give it to him get a little hug or whatever, smack on the head, and then he would come back to the bench. Okay. And then when we leave out, he would say something, I'll see you next week. Right. And, and like, you know, for him to take the time out to at least do that, you know, I know people love kids and stuff like right. that, but, you know, John Thompson was always pouring into, into the kids and the people. I'm not quite sure of his relationship with his former athletes and stuff like that, but, right. you know, I just know that we are very appreciative of what he did. Um, and he, 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 he put, he put us on, he put the, you know, the game of basketball and then, you know, just being able to, like you said, he was the first black coach to win a national championship. Right. So many other coaches to be able to follow his lead and look at him as a mentor was, uh, was really incredible. And so, yeah, we, um, we lost a good one right there, man. I I could, man, he got, I'm sure he got so many stories that he had that he could tell. Hey man, we, my first Emmy nomination is uh is because of because of John Thompson. Community we did a few years back. We we were we were stuck. We could we couldn't get that first big big person to do the doc. Couldn't get the first big person. So we were we were reaching out to people. Everybody was telling us no. So I did this little plan to get to get to the radio station where Big John worked at. <clears throat> Got to the radio station and uh interviewing somebody else and big john came in and anybody that knows any stories about big john knows that his favorite word was mf <laughs> uh, yeah so he he walked into the studio we were doing an interview and he said what you mo-? He was working on and he, he started laughing and he said oh okay yeah i come and sit down and like big john man he uh you know just a couple of couple of dudes from dc man didn't have too many credits back then and uh, he sat down, and gave us the time. And again, that was he opened the door to that documentary getting completed. And like I said, he opened the door to that. Without him, we wouldn't have got that thing completed, and we wouldn't have got that first Emmy nomination. So, 
Big John, man. Uh, rest in peace, man. Definitely going to miss you. Hey man, so we got some sports back. A couple of days last week, we ain't had no sports, man. The damn whole world was shut down. <laughs> NBA players boycotted a couple of games last week, then. Hockey joined in, baseball joined in, football pl- team stopped practicing. Man, it was uh, it was crazy. They uh, you know, the, it was started with the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, they they were the ones that started it because uh, obviously Jacob Blake was sh- killed or oh, shot, not killed, shot uh, near Sad, where yeah. they were based. So yeah. they were the ones that took the first step. And, um, you know, they they came back a couple of days later. And the funny thing is about all, all these things, man, I see a lot of people complaining about, well, they only took off for two days. They, you know, they didn't have a plan. And I, I'm just going to be honest, man. I'm, I'm a little tired of everybody wanting people to always have these damn 45 step plans ready when they do something, man. Sometimes you just got to take a, a stand without a plan. Sometimes yeah. you just got to do that. And then what they got was. They got more money for uh, social issues. Upwards the 400 million NBA owners are going to be giving them or given to these organizations over the next 10 years. And to me, the most important thing they got was pretty much all the arenas of NBA owners will be open for voting yes. in the fall, which yeah. is important this year for a number of reasons. Important because um, obviously COVID, so you can spread out and we can socially distance and vote. And I think honestly, it's one of those things I think a who normally don't vote, sad to say, will be like, yo, I get to, oh, I get to go to the arena? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna go vote. Yeah. Oh, I'm not I ain't going I ain't going to my elementary school, but I get to go to the arena? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go vote. Yeah. And I think that something as something as small as that, which is opening the arena up, which doesn't cost them anything. I mean, obviously it costs some they gotta have people there and you know, whatever, but I just think that them getting that is huge this year specifically with with COVID-19. Right. It turns it into an experience, voting into an yep. like you said an experience and yep. and an, an event. Um and it's unprecedented like what the I think this year I think that voter turnout is going to be especially with that going to be huge. Right. I think without it it would have been, you know, kind of hit and miss, you know, people mm-hmm. just for, out of inconvenience like maybe not just masking up and go standing in line. Right. Or whatever it might be, and just not willing to wait in line to uh, to cast the ballot. But um, yeah, you were absolutely right. I, I honestly didn't even think of that. I'm gonna give you your props, man. That's a, that's a that's a good shot, buddy. Good, hey man, listen, I, I was thinking shot. about it, man. I was thinking about man. If they had like in Miami, if they had the arena open and they had Rick Ross playing outside, man, oh they might God. they might have a hundred every day I'm votes in Miami. Man. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know if that's legal, but I feel like if they had the arenas, they open up all these arenas in all these major cities and have, you know, D.C. have Wale playing out there, you know, out here. I don't know, YG or somebody, you know, just I guess I don't even know if that's legal, but I just feel like making voting. Like I said, if you got to go and especially now with COVID, man, you got to go and stand in line at, at your elementary school and it's packed. It's like. Nah, man. I mean, with COVID, am I trying to stand in line next to somebody who 
taking their mask on and off for six hours or am I go to the arena where we can not only do we have to wait outside, we can go right in and it's spaced out. I could probably get in quicker, in and out quicker. It's just that's huge, man. I, I think the NBA players getting that. I mean, I know LeBron had already started setting that a couple of other arenas, but now that it's literally, I mean, you're talking about 30 major cities in America. Yeah. I mean, 30 cities, like not, these are 30 major cities now where people, it will be easier for people to vote, which, you know, I'm a proponent of voting should be easy. I mean, people can't take off from work. I mean, I I saw Old Navy today is going to pay their employees to be poll workers. Yeah. Like, I think people are realizing that we should make voting easier, not harder. That should be the, that should be the number one goal with voting. It should be easy. Should not be hard. Yeah, but I'm talking to a lot of young people too that are they want to volunteer right. because they really want to help and may, and and facilitate uh, the voting. Um, so a lot of young people are willing to step up this year too as well. I've heard people say that just to make sure that people get a chance to vote. So whoever you decide to vote for, vote. Right. No matter. I, I, I know one thing I'd want to see the players, NBA, NFL. I kind of want to see the players kind of together uh, with these funds. Uh, with this 400 million, you know, again, you don't know where the 400 million is 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 going, but I would like to see in every city, for instance, in L.A., I don't know who those people are, but I'd like to make sure that money's getting to the people who are on the ground actually doing the work every day. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, somebody like I'm, I'm not expecting, you know, I'm not expecting Steph Curry to be on the ground every day because he's got a job playing basketball. So he can't be on the ground every day. But there are people in these communities who are on the ground every day who are touching these kids and touching these communities every day that will have a greater impact if the money is streamlined towards people that are actually on the ground and, and doing the work. So right, that's right. that's one of the things I would like to make sure is emphasized. That it, it doesn't just go to like some big company that does work, but it, it gets streamlined down to these to the people on the streets. People yeah, the gra- grassroots level. The work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's just pretty amazing to see the power that they've uh, been able to generate from this. Yep. Um. I've I've been saying we talked about this. We talked we talked about this a long time ago. Yep. How the bubble was gonna be? We made jokes about it, obviously. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But like the impact that it's had, and I applaud the NBA because they did an amazing job. Like they made it work. Yep. Like they really made this thing work. Um. You know, and it, and it, and it's, it's been entertaining. Like I don't know if you have you been watching the games, right? We talk about oh, yeah, it. Your yeah, man Luca yeah, been yeah. killing, and yeah, you know, now these last couple of nights, man, these game sevens, I've been, I group chats with uh about three, four different group chats in these last yeah. couple of game sevens, man. This ball, ball they've been balling in the bubble, man. Like, they playing now. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was all going going to be smooth, man. But they've they've done it, and they they've made an impact, not just. Not just with the basketball, but obviously these these things that they've gotten accomplished have been uh, amazing. It may not be perfect, and again, you know, I'm tired of people saying what's their plan. I mean, you know, the, these, you know, as much as I as much as I, you know, like LeBron. I mean, I don't I don't say LeBron is a is a is a political leader. You know, like we all have to play our part and do what we can do. And, and that's why I say we got to get the money to the people who are actually on the ground who actually do have the plans. Right, right. Well, speaking of plans.
Wellington Park. Wellington Park. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so we got two Wellington Parks this week. Uh, first Wellington Park uh, goes to that other podcast that uh, <laughs> stole our logo and uh, tried to say it's theirs. Yeah, y'all Wellin. We can see it. We see we we, we see we y'all see stole right our logo. <laughs> we on y'all. We on y'all. But now the real Wellington Park this week goes to uh, the lost uh, lost the Louisville uh, Police Department. On Tuesday, uh, Breonna Taylor's ex-boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover, was offered a plea deal, which would have required him to say that Breonna was a part of his drug operation. So 160 days, and uh, they still haven't arrested anybody to shot her, shot uh, in her bedroom. And uh, so they're not going to arrest them, so they're going to try to slander her name and death. So they offered this dude a plea deal to lie to well and say she's a drug organization. First of all, it wasn't even her current boyfriend. It's her ex-boyfriend that they just trying to be like, yo, just say Brianna was in on that jump. So and the thing is, like, so so let's say that she was in part of his uh, drug organization. Would that would they be like, OK, cool. Would that justify us going to break in her house and shooting? Her? Like, what would that have done that? Yeah, I guess uh I don't know, man. This this we really need to go deep on this one. Yeah. Uh next week, I hope. Because I, I just don't get yeah. it. I just don't understand how there's been no charges. But yeah, they welling. I mean, they literally, literally well trying to get him to lie to slander a dead person's name that was shot in their bed. And just think think about that, man. Yeah, she they gonna get slander shot because she was selling drugs and she was in the bed sleep. Yeah, like they was like she dead, man. Like, what you gonna do? Like, charge her with a crime and then say that was justification for shooting her? Yeah, y'all welling, man. Uh, just well, Wellington Park. Y'all, y'all welling. <laughs> All right, well, take us away. Be a problem solver, not a problem finder. Problem solvers, we love working with problem solvers. Problem finders, <sighs> not so much. <laughs> if you can't take care of your family in life, Take care of them in death. Get some life insurance. September is actually life insurance month. I just saw it today. One of my boys sells life insurance. I don't know if that's true, but he posted on his Facebook page. So I'm going to say it's true. You going to say it's true? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll put you on well in the park next week if it's not true. <laughs> so relationships, DNA, have a plan. And it doesn't have to be a 45-step plan, but I do believe you must have a plan. Pull up and murder cash. I got a show today. It's all I'm trying to do. Hustle and motivate.